This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. We are two hours past the NBA's trade deadline and the Western Conference looks a whole lot different than it did 24 hours ago. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin and Gabe Neitzel with you on this Thursday afternoon, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And the time that I went to bed last night, like a normal person, not expecting that there would be a 1 a.m. Eastern time trade taking place, a blockbuster deal that sent Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns, the NBA looked a lot different. And the odds reflect that now with the Phoenix Suns in position potentially to contend for a Western Conference championship. The other teams, the fallout, the dust has settled. We're going to go through all of it here on Canty and Carlin. But I've got to ask you, Gabe, now that we know that it wasn't just the Suns and the Brooklyn Nets that got involved in helping to reshape the landscape of the NBA – It feels like the NBA has a second lease on life, especially that we're coming up on the All-Star break. And boy, their viewership numbers, I can almost guarantee, are going to be tenfold and better than what they were in the first half of the season come the end of February all the way through the beginning of the playoffs. And that's what the trade deadline can do. It can just reinvigorate the season. They've been grinding since late October because that's the way the NBA operates. They have all these games. They need to get all these regular season games in. And from game to game, unless you're a diehard NBA fan, it can be tough to kind of find some meaning. But watching some of these regular season games and some of these teams, the Lakers, the Suns, some of these teams that made bigger moves. Okay, how is KD going to fit in with CP3, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton? How is, you know, how are the Lakers going to adjust after trading away a bunch of their current players, guys who have started at point guard for them in Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, and then getting D'Angelo Russell back amongst others in other moves they ended up making throughout the course of the day. How are these teams going to make those adjustments? How are these teams going to look? Are they going to be able to find a stride before the postseason begins. These are all now really interesting questions in the Western Conference that teams are going to have to figure out how to answer and fans should be able to enjoy watching them, how they figure these things out. The Golden State Warriors got in on the mix today. They traded for Gary Payton the second. He comes back to the Golden State Warriors. They're a team that was active. The Los Angeles Clippers were certainly active. The Los Angeles Lakers have competed, completed the overhaul of their roster, and they're not going to try to contend for a championship without the albatross that is Russell Westbrook's contract. But Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns, that's the news that's started today and really sparked everything at the trade deadline. The big three in Brooklyn of Kyrie, KD, and formerly of of James Harden, that is no longer. It's one of the worst experiments in sports, and it didn't last very long. 16 games between those three. That's the amount that they played for Brooklyn. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, was on our NBA Today 
trade deadline special. And here's what he had to say about what KD to the Suns means in terms of expectations in the West. They have to win a championship this year. Right. Chris Paul is not getting young. He's the same age as me. What's my cam? He's 38. They made a move. They they gave up Mikael Bridges. They gave up Cam Johnson, four first-round picks to win a championship this year. Not next year, not the year after next. This year is championship or bust. Okay, so I, I don't disagree with that. It is championship or bust when you think about all of the assets that they parted ways with and the trade that got Kevin Durant and TJ Warren to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for, at the time, Jay Crowder, but now he's headed to the, to the Milwaukee Bucks, so he moved not once but twice in the last 12 to 24 hours. But Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and four first-round picks, unprotected first-round picks. So if you're Phoenix and you gave up all all of those assets in order to make your odds the second shortest in the NBA. Remember where Phoenix was and now where they are. Plus 450 right behind the Boston Celtics at plus 350 to win the championship this year. I'm with Kendrick Perkins on this. If you don't do it now, thinking about how close this team has got in the last couple of years before running into Milwaukee in the finals, then I don't know when it's going to happen. Now, I'm 100% there with you. The only reason you trade for KD is to win a championship. And, I mean, it's a roster that, you know, if you don't have Chris Paul, I mean, it's still a pretty good roster, but not as good as it is this year. And who knows how much longer Chris Paul is going to be going to continue to play because one of those issues with being a 38-year-old point guard in the NBA is his health. Can he stay healthy for a postseason run? Is he going to be able to help kind of carry the load for this team when they're running into some of these tougher teams in the West? And they just don't have that much time to kind of figure all these things out and, and figure out how are all these pieces going to work together? I think back to when LeBron initially went to Miami. Yes, they still went to a finals, but there was a feeling out process. It took almost an entire year. And LeBron and Bosh and Wade were all in their primes, all really healthy and all really close because of their Olympic experiences. It's when they decided to actually play together. So to then truncate that all down and try to figure this out in a 28-game stretch before the beginning of the postseason, and who knows who you match up with against the postseason, could be a tough matchup, might not be. It depends upon what they can do in those 28 games and how far they can climb in the standings. This is, this is going to be a pressure-packed few months for that Phoenix Suns team. Yeah, and they don't have the flexibility now considering everybody in the everybody else in the West reloaded too. And I just I know that they're going all in on this title. And Kevin Durant at 35 years old, he may not be in his prime anymore, but he's still a top 5 player in yep. the NBA at the very worst top six or top seven, but he's a dynamic scorer and you're pairing a dynamic scorer with the point God, so to speak, in in Chris Paul. He has that title for a reason. So I just look at this group and what they lost in losing their best defensive player in Michael Bridges. They're still able to score at will. And if you look at the contributions from a Chris Paul from now putting Kevin Durant into that lineup, who's also very good on the defensive end of the court, with Devin Booker, who is just entering his prime. And on top of that, DeAndre Ayton has been playing really good ball. I 
I can't see a team in the West that they're, they they would go head-to-head with and you'd say, man, that team's got the edge. We know that Memphis right now is the number two seed in the Western Conference. We know where Denver stands. We know where the Warriors are and what's ahead for them without Stephen Curry, at least through the All-Star break. It's, it's remarkable the shifting that the Western Conference underwent within the last 24 hours where this is going to be the most exciting conference to watch here. The East is top-heavy, and we know the Brooklyn Nets are going to fall even further. Their odds going out right now, 100 to 1 in let to win a championship because they're entering rebuilding mode. Let's not forget, earlier this week, when they traded Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks, they were fourth in the Eastern Conference. It's, it's remarkable how quickly the tides have shifted in the Eastern Conference and for a team like the Brooklyn Nets. But given, up all, given, given all the assets that they were able to recoup and, and acquire for sending Kyrie Irving on his way, for sending Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns, they hope that they can rebuild with that and do it sooner rather than later. So is it championship or bust for the Phoenix Suns? Stephen A. Smith, host of First Take, had this to say about the expectations for Phoenix now. Phoenix don't have any excuses, I can tell you that. Mm. I mean, you've got Kevin Durant with Kevin Booker, with DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. I definitely think that that could put you in a position where the expectation would be championship or bust. That was Stephen A. Smith on I believe that was on ESPN Radio earlier today on Fitz and Harry. Championship or bust for the Phoenix Suns. That is what he believes. He was on Keyshawn at J. Will and Max, which is weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio, also on ESPN2 and ESPNU. Plenty more NBA trade deadline talk to get into. We're going to talk with ESPN NBA reporter Tim Bontemps in a little bit here on Canty and Carlin, but we want to remind you to tune into NBA Action tonight. Night as the Lakers host the Bucks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on select ESPN radio stations. So what's next for the Los Angeles Lakers? They have effectively ripped their roster down, completing the overhaul in seemingly what feels like overnight. It started last night when they ended up pulling off the move right around 8 p.m. Eastern time. That was when they decided to send D'Angelo, get D'Angelo Russell to the, from the, uh, engage in a multi-team trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Utah Jazz were involved in there. So that took return, return D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley to the Los Angeles Lakers. So effectively, Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel with you here on Canty and Carlin. The Lakers traded the expiring contract of Russell Westbrook, of Patrick Beverly, and of Thomas Bryant, and a 2027 first-round pick, which is a top-four protected pick, and a future second-round pick for three second-round picks and truly the hope that Russell, Vanderbilt, Beasley, and Mo Bamba, who came today, can help them propel to the playoffs. So they've got the Bucks tonight. LeBron's not going to be playing. I believe they're calling it ankle soreness. So, you know, we're back to, I mean, think, first off, let's just think, think the, the football, excuse me, the basketball gods here that LeBron was able to break the scoring title on Tuesday and not have it clouded by any of the trade deadline news that happened today because this Lakers team looks incredibly different from where it was. And now you've got to wonder for, for the Lakers themselves, 
We talked with Tyler Fuldrum, ESPN betting analyst, earlier today about what the odds are for the Los Angeles Lakers at 35-1 to 1 and why that might be the smartest odds for anybody trying to, to get in on the action now. Do you think they actually have a core that can go contend for a title, Gabe, considering how loaded the West is? So I like the new look Lakers. I certainly do. I think it's going to be really tough for them to compete for a championship in what's a loaded West, especially when you look at where they're at. And I wonder if they've dug themselves too big of a hole. Now, right now, they're only two games back of the Portland Trailblazers for that 10th seed that would get them into the NBA's play-in tournaments that they started a couple of seasons ago. But you mentioned tonight's game against Milwaukee. Bucks are the hottest team in the NBA. They've won eight games in a row. Bucks are a team that, that are starting to get healthier. And yeah, they'll be down a couple of players tonight because they made their own trade uh, today going out and getting Jay Crowder. But the Lakers are going to have, by my count... Eight players active tonight between all the guys that have been traded out now with LeBron out because of the injury. They will have eight players active. Don't feel great about them winning tonight at home against the Bucks. So now they've got a stretch against Golden State, New Orleans, uh, Portland, Golden State again, Dallas, Memphis. This is going to be a really important stretch against teams that are all above them in the Western Conference. And they have to rattle off a pretty good record in order to get themselves back into this conversation and jumpstart their season to get to a point where they can actually be in the postseason instead of just trying to chase those teams that are in the postseason. They've just dug themselves such a deep hole. It's going to be tough for them to get out. Now, if they do find their way into the postseason, you think Denver or Memphis or Sacramento, the top three seeds right now, want to face a Lakers team if they're healthy with AD and, and LeBron and now the other pieces that they've added around them? It becomes a dangerous team if they can find their way into the postseason. So the Lakers ended up in this overhaul of the roster, moving on from, frankly, a move that shouldn't have happened in the first place, but when you let a player become the de facto general manager, you get a deal, like what happened over the last 18 months between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Russell and Russell Westbrook because LeBron vouched for him, they traded for him, and it didn't pan out. So you mentioned they've got eight players active tonight so far for this game against the Milwaukee Bucks, which, again, you can hear on ESPN Radio beginning at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on select stations. The Lakers sent Russ to the Jazz in a three-team, eight-player deal. So to be able to move him off their books and be able to improve their depth in the process, it took a lot of moving parts in order for that to happen. But if you could read the tea leaves here, Gabe, the last couple weeks, last couple months – The word that repeatedly pops up in the reporting about Russell Westbrook and the Los Angeles Lakers is toxic in that if he wasn't traded at the deadline, who's to say that the Lakers wouldn't have just resorted to waiving him at some point? I know that that seems like the absolute nuclear option here, but it's clear that that relationship, Russell Westbrook at this point of his career, was not going to fit in any longer in Los Angeles. So to recap, he signed a five-year, $205 million extension with the Oklahoma City Thunder in 2017. That's coming off the year that he averaged a triple-double. It was then the largest contract in NBA history. In the final five years of that deal, played for the Thunder in year one. He was traded to the Rockets, year two. Traded to the Wizards in year three. I almost forgot about that era because I blinked and it was over. In year four, he was traded to the Lakers. And in year five, he was traded 
to the Jazz. Tumultuous to say the least. I just... Maybe, maybe I'm living in yesteryear, but I miss the Russell Westbrook of old. I miss the exciting triple-double ISO Russell Westbrook that was the Oklahoma City Thunder Russell Westbrook. Do you think he can recapture that at any point of his career? Is, he, is that past him by now? I think it's kind of past him. He can still be... To me, this is about Russ kind of accepting where he is in the league now. His game was never one that was going to age gracefully. You know, when you think of like uh, Hall of Fame players like Ray Allen. Like, Ray used to be really athletic, and, and there were things that he could do when he was drafted by the Bucks and played for the Sonics, and he was a dynamic player. But then as his career went on and he played for the Celtics, played for the Heat, I mean, that shooting was always going to keep him around. Russ has never been a great shooter. He's always relied on that athleticism and the effort and hustle that he's always played with, and that effort is still there. Some of, and Most of the athleticism is, but he's lost some of it. He's lost a little bit of it. He's taken a step back, and, and I think it's at least just watching from the outside, especially with this Lakers team and him being relegated to a bench role under Darvin Ham and the Lakers as this season wore on and, and Beverly ended up being the starter for the last few months. I don't know if he's been able to accept that yet because there are still things he can do to be a productive player in this league, but it seems like he still wants to be that Russell Westbrook that signed this big contract back in 2017. And if he can accept that role... Then I think whoever ends up with him, because I, I don't think anybody believes he's going to be sticking with the Jazz. They're going to negotiate a buyout, and he'll go someplace else. If he can accept that, he can be a good asset for a team that's trying to make some sort of run. Yeah, buying out his contract is the inevitability. It's the feeling right now across the NBA. Teams like the Los Angeles Clippers and the Miami Heat have reportedly expressed interest in doing so. But how about this team that ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks, who was on KJM earlier today, thinks should take a look at Russ? I would go after Russell Westbrook if he's bought out in Utah. That's what I would do. For, for I would take him for 30 games because he would light a fuse on that roster that is, you know, there's a malaise over there, right? Yeah. Some nights they look great. Some nights they're uninspired here. And for 30 games, I'll take Russell Westbrook. The team that... Bobby Marks, ESPN front office insider, was talking about there on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is the Chicago Bulls. And as somebody who resides here in Chicago, who has watched the Bulls my entire life and realizes that this team is in play-in territory right now, ninth in the Eastern Conference, the roller coaster that we've experienced this season where they pull off exciting wins and then they have devastating losses and you've got Zach Levine, returning-ish to form, and you've got DeMar DeRozan playing like an all-star. They needed help, yet they did nothing at the deadline. So maybe this is the only way that they can actually improve their standings in the Eastern Conference. But as I said to you, Gabe, and I stand by this, why do all of that in order to, I don't know, get to like sixth in the Eastern Conference and end up running into Milwaukee and losing in the first round anyways? Oh, like what happened last year. I mean, I guess if you're the Bulls, you know, you try to have a little bit of that excitement around the team. The reason why Russell Westbrook would be intriguing is because he wouldn't cost you anything. I mean, to go out and make a move that you know is not going to make a difference and then give up assets, even if it is one of those meaningless second round picks in which 44 were exchanged hands today during Crazy. the trade deadline deals. 
you know, so why give up any assets? Well, Russell Westbrook wouldn't cost you any assets other than money, which you already have to, to be able to give him. Why not just kind of take the roll of the dice to see if you can invigorate the fan base a little bit, have some fun over the course of the final 30 games? If you had to, if they had needed to trade for him before that dead deadline earlier today, that would not have made sense. This makes a little bit more sense, especially, and I do like the point that was, uh, that was made there by Bobby Marks in that, he does still have that energy. Like, Russell Wils- Westbrook still does bring that effort each and every night. And if that can kind of jumpstart your team a little bit to make you a-, a little more formidable, I don't think they're going to be committing or excuse me, competing for anything big time in the East. But it, it seems like a- an incredibly low-risk move. So the Bulls didn't do anything at the deadline, just like a handful of other teams. Maybe they fall into the losers category for that. But we're going to get to the winners and those who failed at the NBA's trade deadline next after Gabe tells you this about Indeed. This new year, make the resolution to speed up your hiring process. Check out Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it simple to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. Manage everything from your employer dashboard where you can easily schedule virtual interviews. Get started at Indeed.com slash credit. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. The Western Conference has been reset following a series of blockbuster trades that began in earnest last night when the Los Angeles Lakers began the teardown and overhaul of their own roster. And then it transitioned into the early hours of Thursday morning with the blockbuster trade of Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. You are listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel, sitting in for the guys. Pleased to welcome in one of the busiest mans in the NBA today, Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, who has been on every platform imaginable, (laughs) breaking down the winners and the losers of the NBA's trade deadline, a giant middle finger to the NFL during Super Bowl week. (laughs) 
<laughs> but let's start with the Lakers because I know their NBA title odds didn't move all that much, 40 to 1 to 35 to 1 after the trade. Mm-hmm. But in essence, they move these expiring contracts, Westbrook, Beverly, Thomas Bryant, and it feels like they hope that D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and Mo Bamba can help propel them to the playoffs. My question to you, Tim, is can they? Is that true? I mean, it remains to be seen, I think, Courtney, right? I mean, I think when you look at the teams that are ahead of them in the standings, certainly um, you have to look at the fact that you know, Oklahoma City, it does, it's not going to be talked about a lot, but Oklahoma City moving out from Mike Muscala today in a trade with the Boston Celtics, that actually is going to help the Lakers' playoff odds, right? Because, again, this, the Lakers are currently in 13th place. They have to get past not only the Blazers and the Thunder, but somebody else just to get into the top 10. And Mike Muscala has been one of sneak, sneakily one of the best players on the Thunder this season. So him getting traded for a couple second-round picks could actually be the thing to help leapfrog the Lakers over the Thunder just to get one step up the rung. But again, we're talking about they have to move three steps up just to get into the playing tournament. And then they got to win at least one, maybe two games just to get into the playoffs, right? So the idea, you know, the, the Lakers having 35-1 to 1 title odds, I mean, they should probably be a lot longer than that. Uh, on a variety of fronts, but it's going to be a challenge for this team just to make the playoffs, especially when, you know, we're talking about LeBron James is missing tonight's game um, with ankle soreness. He obviously was dealing with some issues at the end of that record-setting night on Tuesday night when he couldn't play in the final moments of that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Anthony Davis has obviously missed time with injuries too, right? So those guys have to be healthy and the Lakers have to get going in a very short amount of time just to get in the playoffs. So it's, I think, going to be an uphill climb for them despite the fact that they improved their roster a bit this week. A lot more that happened at the trade deadline other than the big blockbuster moves started with Kyrie and then the, the Lakers getting rid of Russell Westbrook and then of KD, mm-hmm. of course, KD last night going uh, to the Phoenix Suns. But what kind of more under the radar move did you really like that a contender made either throughout this week or today to kind of bolster their own championship aspirations? Well, I'll cheat and say a few of them. I mentioned Mike Muscala to the Celtics. I thought that was a really important move. You saw Boston beat Philadelphia last night, despite the fact that Al Horford and Robert Williams missed that game. Muscala shooting 39% from three on more than three attempts per game, and he's only playing about 14, 15 minutes a game for the Thunder. He's going to be able to step right into the role Al Horford plays for Boston. Really nice fit, cheap price. I like that a lot. The, the Milwaukee Bucks have been trying to get Jay Crowder for a long time. They got him done today. Obviously gave up five second-round picks. That obviously seems like a lot, but they were able to hold on to a first that they hadn't traded later. And Jay Crowder is another rugged, versatile uh, wing defender who could shoot it. Uh, he will be able to step, step in and help the Bucks. I thought the two best teams in the East got better, and I also thought the L.A. Clippers got better. You know, Reggie Jackson and John Wall have not really gotten it done this year at the point guard spot. Um, for the Clippers. They go out and get Eric Gordon. They go out and get Mason Plumley, who's had a really nice year as uh, in Charlotte. You know, you really is a guy that can do some of the dribble handoff stuff that Isaiah Hartenstein and other guy people aren't really going to know about did for the Clippers last year. He'll give them another option at center, another guy who can make some plays. Eric Gordon goes back to the Clippers where he started his career, a guy who's a rugged defender who can shoot it on the perimeter. And they get Bones Island, a young, exciting guy who can maybe give them some juice at the point. So, you know, I think all three of those teams in terms of making under-the-radar moves that people aren't talking about with obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving getting traded this week, I like what all of them did uh, to make themselves better going, you know, for, uh, going up to the trade deadline. And now we'll see how they look over the stretch run. We're talking with Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer here on Canty and Carlin. The Golden State Warriors finally cutting bait with James <laughs> Wiseman. We knew he was never going to fit in that system. So it made sense. But can you help me make sense of this team trading and flipping the haul that they got for James Wiseman to reunite with Gary Payton II? Because correct me if I'm wrong here, Tim, could they not have just re-signed him last summer? 
Well, they potentially could have, Courtney, but this is also about um, cost savings, right? I mean, they they save, I think, 7 or $8 million in taxes here. They save another 30 next year by doing this move. Um, and look, also, I mean, look, the Warriors obviously – you know, gave a lot of chances to James Wiseman, wanted him to develop. And frankly, James Wiseman hasn't really had the chance to develop, right? He's had some unfortunate injuries. There was obviously the COVID-shortened uh, seasons to open his career. He missed training camp early in his career. He's just, he's just really had a star-crossed time uh, with the Warriors. I, you know, going to a team like Detroit where he should get minutes, it'll be interesting to see if he can get a chance to rehab his value a little bit and, you know, and kind of get himself back into a rhythm. And as far as the Warriors getting Gary Payton, I understand they could have signed him last summer potentially, but their tax bill would have been through the roof if they did that. I also don't think they could have paid Gary enough to keep him. And on top of that, now bringing him back, they not only saved money, but he was a guy that was really well-liked there, fit well in their system, will give them some juice um, as they try to deal with Steph Curry being out for a while. So I, I didn't mention that before, but I really like that move um, for Golden State to improve their roster as they try to make a championship run in what is a very wide open, in my opinion, even after the KD trade Western Conference uh, situation in terms of the playoff race. You mentioned how wide open it is and how deep that Western Conference is. Are the Suns the favorite? I know they're the betting favorite in Vegas, but in your mind, are they the favorite now that they have Kevin Durant? Um, in, in terms of winning the West or winning the title? Winning the title. Uh, no, they. I definitely don't think they're the favorites to win the title. I, I would have Boston and Milwaukee still above the field. I, I mean, look, the, the Suns, to me, obviously have a really high ceiling. But you've got Chris Paul, who's 37 or 38 and has had a bunch of muscle injury issues. Devin Booker has missed a bunch of time with injuries the last couple of years. And Kevin Durant has obviously missed a ton of time, unfortunately, with injuries, right? So if those three guys and DeAndre Ayton are all healthy, then I really like Phoenix's chances, you know, going up uh, against anybody over seven games. But for them to make it through the next four or five months healthy... They're going to need, you know, some real injury luck to work in their favor. And I think if you look at sort of the odds of that over time, it seems more likely than not, probably at least one of those guys is going to have to miss a little bit of time. And this team is very, very light on depth after the trade they made. I understand why they went and got Kevin Durant, but, you know, there's definitely some risk for them. And it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out because, you know, when they're cooking, you know, Devin Booker. And, and Kevin Durant and Chris Paul are three of the best mid-range operators the league has seen, right? And now they're all going to be on the court at the same time. It's going to be awfully fun to see how that looks. Hopefully they can score a lot of points because uh, <laughs> usually when you trade your best defender, which yes. they did in Macal Bridges, if you get worse on that end, it comes at the expense of something else. But the trio you just mentioned, Tim, uh, we know they can score and score at will. Kevin Durant heading to the Phoenix Suns as part of a blockbuster trade that also included TJ Warren in the mix. He is Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, kind enough to join us and give us some time here on a very busy NBA tra- trade deadline on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next, is it time for the NFL to do away with a big part of their offseason? The director of the NFLPA thinks so, and we'll explain why next here, ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Gabe Neitzel sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon, as always presented by Progressive Insurance. It's been a busy day with the NBA trade deadline having come and passed over the last couple hours. We've been breaking down the winners and losers, each team that added, each team that subtracted. But the NFL still remains in the forefront because it's Super Bowl week. We're 72 hours out from the big game on Sunday between the Eagles and the Chiefs. And in the lead-up time, to the Super Bowl, there are a lot of press conferences, a lot of media availability that takes place out at the site of the game, which is in Glendale, Arizona. Every year, Demora Smith, who is the executive director of the NFLPA, the Players Association, holds a press conference to discuss matters that affect players and matters that, that affect the players and the league as a whole. The NFL Scouting Combine, which has been around since 1982, it's coming up in a couple weeks, was a topic of conversation yesterday. And here's Demora Smith, the NFLPA Executive Director, calling for an end to the Scouting Combine as we know it. Why should we start trying to enhance the Combine system? I mean, think about it. The NCAA and the NFL structure a combine during what should be every football player's last semester in college. Who decided that it was a good idea to take your son and have him exclusively try out for the NFL's exclusive way of getting into the league for the most part, unless you're a free agent player? You have to be invited to the combine. As soon as you show up, you have to waive all of your medical rights And you not only have to sit there and endure embarrassing questions, and I think that's horrible, and I don't want to poo-poo any of that, but would you want your son to spend hours inside of an MRI and then be evaluated by 32 separate team doctors, who are, by the way, are only doing it for one reason, to decrease your your draft value? He brings up a lot of good points here, Gabe. And to, to clarify for people who don't know about the Combine, it's the top 300 players... As as decided by a scouting service that get invited to Indianapolis for a week stretch. You're not there the entire time, but you have a separate set of days that you work out, which is often called the Underwear Olympics because you see guys in spandex running the 40-yard dash, doing the three-cone drill, doing the bench press. But you also meet with most of, if not all, 32 teams and undergo medical evaluation at the Indiana University Medical uh, Complex, which is nearby to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. It's important for teams to be able to get the medical on players because you need to determine what you're willing to invest in. Let's not forget, teams are investing hundreds of millions of dollars collectively on rookies, and they have a right to know from a health perspective 
what they believe is true and what they believe is not true and what they believe they can work with from a medical perspective. But I think what Demora Smith brings up that's a very valid point here is that you know the, the 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 current format is top draft prospects feeling like they need to undergo the full medical evaluation upon arrival. Sometimes some players will try to forego that, but that could end up hurting your draft stock in the end if you choose not to let team doctors evaluate you, and then you end up becoming a risk for teams and trying to be drafted. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And everything that Demora Smith said there makes perfect sense to me. When I watch that that coverage, I, there's nothing there that can't be done during pro days. Every one of those schools that the 300 who get invited, every one of those schools does pro days, and it's mostly for the ones who don't get invited to the combine and still have an opportunity to be a draft pick. And maybe some of those guys who get invited will do both because they want to improve their 40 time or their three cone drill time and all these other things that teams look at. But you could easily get rid of the combine. And I would be in favor of getting rid of the combine. But guess what? It's not going anywhere, Courtney. Like, There's not a chance. This is part of the NFL year-round schedule. This is how the NFL stays relevant. They've made it into a big event that gets covered by the in NFL Network, time, by no ESPN. Less. On prime. Yes, it, it's like graduated to prime time. Much like the draft just used to be, ah, it's Saturday, Sunday, and you're a really big NFL nerd if you're paying attention to the draft at 4 o'clock p.m. on a Saturday. Now it's a three-day event, primetime Thursday, primetime on Friday, and then all day on Saturday. The NFL just continues to cultivate these things because we're so NFL crazy from a fan perspective in this country that the the combine it's just part of that year long all right we've got the super bowl then we've got uh the the combine then we've got free agency then we've got otas then we've got all these other things that lead us up to the end of july and the beginning of training camp really what this is about at the end of the day you go to the combine you run you jump that you do the the high jump none of that matters Teams don't care how much you can lift. Teams don't care how much you can high because they how, how high you can jump because they know all of those things already. We already have this tracking data, and we've had it for a while because if you're one of the top 300 prospects invited to the Combine in Indianapolis, we already know who you are. The NFL already knows who you are, so there's really no need for this other than the medical. And I think what Demora Smith is getting at here brings up a very valid point, but what's the alternative? Well... He went on to say that regional pro days could end up becoming what the combine should be in theory. But then again, with the medical and like not having everything all in one collective site, I don't know if the NFL would ever go for anything like this. But this is not the first time that the NFL combine has come under scrutiny. Uh, you know, Troy Vincent, who is the NFL's executive vice president of football operation, likened the combine to a slave auction back in December. He's not the only one who's made inflammatory and, and really hyperbolic comments like that. But still, it remains in place. It is a primetime event. It is extended out to become a primetime event because the NFL can make a lot, a lot, a lot of money off of it. Coming up next, the end of one of the most disappointing eras in sports history. This is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.